what's up ladies and gentlemen with uh chilling with dylan episode five i got my one of my really close friends here uh in the same fraternity as me my brother sebastian rodriguez um what's up man how you been um he's uh we've known each other since 2018 i want to say yeah. winter winter yeah. 2018 and um i was still a first year and you were uh fourth year at the time right that was a transfer, yeah. Transfer, yeah. Yep. Bro, it's been. How you been? How you been? What have you been up to lately? Um, a lot of personal growth, honestly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just focus on myself. Do you? Does that come in waves, or do you think that like it's always consistently like like I'm always growing to make myself better? Like, or do you get? Do you ever feel like stagnant? Not. St- yeah. yeah. It definitely comes in waves. Okay. okay. Um, it's a constant struggle of making the right choice really really because you can always you know choose to slack off and you choose to like not work out or drink a lot get fucked up like it's it's a struggle to constantly choose like what's right for you yeah do you feel do you feel like that's um do you feel like um during your time here though when you were going to uci that um you've had that motivation the whole time though or is it like were you like some points where you're like, I'm just gonna chill and just do nothing, or do you think, or you always like, I'm gonna graduate, go get a fucking job, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want to do in life. No, definitely over the last like year and a half, it's something that's become more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was ECI, I didn't really, I guess, the right word is I didn't really have a purpose. I just didn't really know what I wanted to do with life. I just essentially it was going through the motions. Mm-hmm. I like the classes I was taking, so I stuck with the major, mm-hmm. but... What was your major? Earth System Science. Mm-hmm. But I never really knew why I was in that major particularly. I had no really reason for it. Really? It was just because I liked it, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, over the last like year and a half, um, I've been a lot more focused on my development and the kind of person I'm trying to become. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's, it's a struggle. It's definitely not like an easy ride and there's times where you just like major slack off. Like mm-hmm. sometimes for one, two weeks, like no reading, no, no working out stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's necessary because you can't always be like, we're humans bro. at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Do you find the, do you find reading what, like what type of books would you read then? Are you reading? Do you, I, the... Like, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, primarily psychology. I really... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, like, becoming obsessed, if you will. Uh, and I'm careful with that word because um, it has a negative con- connotation. Mm-hmm. But we could be obsessed in a healthy habit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of, like, becoming obsessed with the power of the human mind mm-hmm. um, and how powerful we are and what we can accomplish. Mm-hmm. So it tends to be a lot about psychology and... Um, personal power, basically, mm-hmm. success stories, and mm-hmm. yeah, just a lot of um, I guess entrepreneurial books. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in business tend to read those books. Do you do you think you like? Do you think you worked to like? Do you think you worked hard to get to the point where you're at today, or do you think that like you're just kind of like if you got lucky with a lot of things, or do you think no. like a lot? You do you ever feel like a sense of like, like um, not dissatisfaction, but like like do you ever feel like like okay i could be doing more or do you think or you always do feel that huh you're yeah i mean if you're always seeking growth you're supposed to always feel like you could do more like uh-huh. you're never satisfied but um 
to answer your question, I would say it's a combination of both. Like, there's obviously some some form of luck involved in mm-hmm. how life comes about. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is honestly hard work. I mean, I moved here in 2012. I barely spoke any English. Mm-hmm. And I think I started working. I moved here in January. I started working in June. Mm-hmm. And I was I became a cashier at McDonald's. Like that six months, my first job, a cashier at McDonald's taking orders. Six months in the, in the US. United. Yeah. And, I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And like, I was like, barely spoken English. Like, people would tell me, oh, let me get a number one. I'm like, wait, what's a number one? I would have to look back, <laughs> like, look at the menu to figure out what number one was. Because uh-huh. McDonald's is not something you go to Columbia mm-hmm. like, every day yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People here are so used to with the, the numbers and the orders that they say, like, oh, yeah, let me get a number three. And you're like, number three? What does that <laughs> okay. mean? What does that mean? Let me punch it in. Yeah. Um, and so, that experience right there taught me a lot about hard work yeah. like i was making eight dollars an hour at that time uh-huh uh, that was the minimum wage and they freaking worked you for those today eight dollars like you could not be standing around <laughs> like no 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 orders to take the counter is clean uh coffees are like brewed uh-huh. everything is good okay go check the tables go do this go do that take out the trash like there was always something to do oh and so that told me about hard work uh-huh. and i've definitely carried that on because it, just studying alone, going to college is mm. hard work. Is is the culture is like the working culture really different from Colombia compared to here? Uh yeah, I think um the fact that there's um a dollar amount attached to time mm-hmm. makes a huge difference because people over there they get paid on a salary. There's no such thing as minimum wage on an hourly basis in Colombia, really. Yeah, so it's a minimum wage based on a monthly basis. So like people over there make like three hundred dollars a month. Really? So that, yeah. like, it would not be like, oh, you work But it's here. not depending on how many hours you work a day, a week. And so some people, they work just the minimum, like, 45 hours a week. Because mm-hmm. you work Saturdays over there. Yeah. And then they make, like, $900 a month. And, yeah, like, you, there's not such a thing really as part-time jobs either. Mm-hmm. It's really random. Yeah. Um, unless you're, like, a little side hustler and, like, you're cleaning people's homes and stuff like that. You have like your own little business. There's no like if you're working for somebody, you're for sure working full time, making barely anything. Mm-hmm. And so because over here, there's that attachment to like time per like value of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like everything has to count. Like it's it's it intuitively suggests like a high performing culture. Uh huh. Because if you get paid this much per hour, like you have to be working that hour. Okay, okay. Like, on this hour, I have to be producing, I have to be doing this, I have to be producing, right? Oh my. Um, so I feel like. Wow, I did not, I didn't even know that was like way different thing. Yeah. Dang. I feel like naturally, like people tend to work harder here mm-hmm. um, when they're on the job. Yeah. And then once they're off the job, they're like, okay, no more. Like, I don't want to do anything else. Uh huh. Um, but over there, people are like, barely the minimum during the job because like they get paid so little people like slack of hella uh, that makes no that makes a lot of sense so what okay okay so we were talking earlier what like hey you're you don't you put everything into investments I, can you explain that that makes okay like because personally personally i would say i would say half my money is like invested and then the other mm-hmm. half of my money is in a savings account mm-hmm. just because like i feel like at the end of the day like when you're putting your I know investments, like, investments is, like, my, my, my investments are, like, like, 
probably different from your investments. You what know? are your investments? Tell me. Tell me. I, 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 I do. I buy and sell all the collectibles mm-hmm. I do. And then I also, um, I have all the cryptocurrencies that mm-hmm. I have. And that's what mostly like my like stock market investing or whatever. Okay. And like, um, I have a savings account too, but like what you, your, your definition of like investing is like you have your shares in like companies, right? Well, like I, I like to keep things simple, bro. And yeah. if you're exchanging time for money, it's not an investment. If yeah. you're day trading uh-huh. and you have to like be there trading yeah. that hour yeah. to like, make money, yeah. it's a job. You're yeah. not day trading. Yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. really investing. Mm-hmm. So for me, an investment is something where I can put money and shit's getting done and I know I'm going to have a return or there's some type of like equity into the company or mm-hmm. something that can back up my money. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why I don't like to keep money in my bank is because... I'm, I hate the banking system. <laughs> like, you, you, I pretty much hate it. Like it's it's so corrupt. Um, to know that you give, uh, for example, let's say bank Dylan right here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I have ten k in my account, and I give you ten k. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's a fractional reserve bank, mm-hmm. they're only um, forced. Not not forced, but like they're the the legal amount of money they have to keep mm-hmm. in the reserve is only three percent of the total deposits. Uh-huh. So they grab your money and then they lend out ninety seven percent of that money mm-hmm. at interest. Yeah, and then your money right now in your savings account is making you a zero point zero one percent. Or mm-hmm. if you have credit karma savings at most, it gives you like three percent APY. Yeah. yeah, but like it's nothing, and mm-hmm. your money is just sitting there. Yeah, and so for me, it's figuring out a way to put that money to work for me so that it's making mm-hmm. me money, and I don't have to actively uh-huh. exchange time. Okay. To get a return. Okay. 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 So do you, so do you think, what do you think of like, what are your opinions on like day trading and all that then? Like, what do you think that's a smart investment? Uh, it's a really high yielding, um, job, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. Um, cause you're still exchanging time for money. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do it right, like you can make half a million a year, you can make a million dollars yeah. a year just day trading uh-huh. with, with the right strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're just buying stocks and you're just leaving them there, mm-hmm. And maybe like once every couple months you sell and buy more, uh-huh. or if you just trade it as a little piggy bank where you're just buying into a company and then hoping that they grow mm-hmm. so that you can sell it later, uh-huh. then that's more of an investment because you're not actively managing yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. So day trading it's really really um, profitable. Um, I'm trying to get a little bit into it. Um, I've been trying to learn how to do something called scalping uh-huh. on Nasdaq futures. What is that? Um, so essentially, um, you're, they're, they're called Nasdaq futures because you're trying to predict the future uh-huh. of the whole like market, right? Yeah, Nasdaq. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's tech. And so you, we run on two-minute candles. Uh-huh. And based on technical analysis, you can figure out if the next candle is going to go up or down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then based on that, you either buy or sell contracts. Yeah. So you can buy a contract that says that the stock is going to go up. Uh-huh. If it goes up, you take you literally take a little piss of the scalp. Yeah. And so if you're betting two hundred fifty dollars, mm-hmm. you get two fifty in return. Okay. If it gets wrong, you lose it to fifty. Okay. Um, but if you if you develop a smart enough strategy mm-hmm. to guess accurately, at yeah. least like seventy percent of the time or eighty percent of the time, you're mm-hmm. winning more than you're losing. Would you say it's trends or more math or charts? Uh, or do you, or do you charts, charts and yeah i feel like okay, okay i feel like this is what, what this is what i think about i think that um i think <clears throat> specifically with that like you have to 
learn the market very specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, like, there's some, like, I know motherfuckers that, like, they, uh, they know exactly the trades they need to do at what time, what week per month. Because it's just, like, it's something that they, they've noticed over time. Or yeah. Some, and, the, and those things that they aren't, you, if everyone knew those secrets, everyone mm-hmm. would be making money, but yeah. then no one would be making money, right? Yeah. So, like, I think that, like, um, especially with the, um, I've, I like I know people who do this whole day trading and everything. I think with that, like it's very like you got to study. Like I think at yeah. the end of the day, it's a lot of math. It's a lot of math. Yeah. And studying the charts. Yeah. It's a lot Statistics. of the charts. And like if you know the if you know the fucking charts backwards and forwards, and you know like the trends, because like bam, 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 I know that like yeah. stuff like like easily. Like I feel like you can be making bank off of that. But like yeah. at the same time, like you actually got like it takes time. It takes <laughs> it takes time. So it's, it's it's a job. It's really a yeah, job. It's not really like an yeah. investment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel like it's just like, it's you. You can spend hours just like trying to figure out like the trends and stuff like that, and just like trying to break down like, okay, like, like is this a triangle? I don't even fucking yeah, know yeah, how yeah. that all works, but like, um, just hours upon hours and about just like looking at all that and like, I like that's why I like the the crypto stuff, like investing in that because I feel like um. I try. People always like we, this is such a hot topic right now, like uh-huh. crypto. But like, yeah. um, I really like that um, you could. There's like technology behind it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I really feel like um, I have a good understanding of like some of them that like mm-hmm. why their application is good in certain uses. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. It's more than just like the money. It's more kind of like the data too that they're exchanging. Mm-hmm. And so like that's why I feel like it's really like uh, I'm just surprised that like. Um, it's starting to like blow up, I guess, mm-hmm. in a sense, because I felt like, like literally when I was looking into it, like a couple of years ago, not a couple of years ago, it was like, like I barely knew about like the technology and stuff like that, but like just like suddenly out of nowhere, it just like randomly picked up. Yeah. Well, I kind of know it, why I picked up, but like it's just like it, it's it's just nice it's, knowing that like yeah, the trend is like the trends are going up. Yeah, it's it's a transition like. Um... Essentially, that's what happened, in my opinion, at least, when people transition from exchanging gold into like paper notes. Yeah. And that's what the banking, how the banking industry came about. Mm-hmm. And so, what was backing up the U.S. dollar at some point was the gold standard, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then the U.S. broke up that that mm-hmm. standard, mm-hmm. and then they're just printing money. Yeah. But the only reason why that money holds value is mm-hmm. because you and I put value into it. Yeah. Right. We're saying that a dollar is worth a dollar, yeah. and it can buy me yeah. a dollar worth of goods. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and so right now people are essentially rejecting that idea, mm-hmm. and they're transitioning to a more, yeah, literally a dis- decentralized yeah. uh, form of exchanging mm-hmm. value. Yeah, yeah. And so I think eventually what's going to happen is that right now cryptos are valued based on the their USD pairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so just like the gold was backing up the US dollar, yeah, like the dollar is such a strong currency that is going to be backing up cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. and then eventually the US dollar is going to exit and it's just going to be all based on crypto. Yeah. But I like the way you put it because each different kind of uh, cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. it's essentially tackling a specific problem yeah. on that transition. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I was talking to David mm-hmm. the other day and mm-hmm. he was telling me about Chainlink. Yeah. And what Chainlink is trying to accomplish. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, so all these cryptocurrencies are not really coins or like currencies. They're yeah. more like tech companies. Yeah. Who are addressing a problem. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is the future. This is crazy. It's crazy. This is the fucking future. It is crazy. Okay, okay, but, like, would you say, okay, when you, like, 
Well, you're not afraid to spend money to have a good time, though. Like, like, are you like, you'll go, you'll go balls out for like, 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 if you want to go on a boat, you'll go on a fucking boat and go like. Yeah. Uh, you'll like, you'll just, spend the money for that, depends. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, obviously, I work hard to enjoy my money, but yeah. the reason why I invest is not um, to get wealthy. I mean, yeah, I want to be wealthy, but that's not the main reason. Yeah. I want to be able to at some point not work. Yeah. And so I'm trying to buy time back yeah so that my investments can take care of my living expenses yeah because you like um, at the end of the day like having a good time yeah you know I mean? it's all about working yeah. hard and playing hard so you're, you're not you're still not you're still not like would you say you're still frugal with your spending though well with certain things yeah, yeah. um like i try not like, to eat out i try not to like eat up like yeah spend too much money on, on like starbucks and stuff mm-hmm. like that uh, or buy too many clothes, or yeah. I just keep things to the essential, like essentially what I need. Yeah. I need to do groceries, cook, yeah. and then. Is there not something if, you're not afraid to spend money on though? Anything, bro? Like okay, ha, ha, things that are related to outdoor activities, for example. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, went snowboarding for the first time last year or yeah. two years ago, uh-huh. and then I wanted to go again this year, but I was like, okay, if I'm gonna rent all this equipment, and spend all this money. Mm-hmm. But I plan to continue going. Uh-huh. I'd rather just make the investment in all the gear, like everything you need. Literally, that, that's an investment. That's a fucking it is. investment. Yeah. So you're I dropped right. I dropped thirteen hundred dollars, uh-huh. and I got everything I needed, like the board, the like boots. Did like you just everything. do you love snowboarding? Did you just I like it a lot, yeah, bro. Yeah. I have like it, it a lot. Have you have you go, you only gone a couple times or just once? Twice. Twice. It's fun. This last time was my second time. It was. A, Oh, oof, so fun, bro! So much fun. What? It's just it, you. Just like the last time I went snowboarding, I, bro. I don't know if I already talked about this on the podcast, but last time I went snowboarding, I uh, I carved. I feel like I might have talked about this, but I carved and I fucking um I hit a pole, and right underneath the pole there was a ditch. I just like smacked right into the pole, like head first into it, and then I like fell into the ditch, like woke up blacked out. You know what I mean? Blacked Holy out like shit. five seconds. Woke up and. People are standing over me like you good. And I was like I'm chilling. I'm chilling. <laughs> yeah, you just get it's scary. Yeah. Yeah, but like it was fun. Like I had a good time still. <laughs> I, it was yeah. really fun. Like snowboarding is hella fun. It's just um, you know, I think that um that rush. Yeah, it's the rush. But I think I just um, I want. That's the thing though. I like I haven't gone enough to want to spend the initial investment on us like snowboard gear. But it's not about how much time I've gone in the past. Yeah. That's, that's in the past. Yeah. Much I'm seeking to go. Like, I want to go in the future. And yeah, I yeah, keep yeah. Going. Like, I want to go Did you, have, have, have you tried... Go ahead. Have you tried skiing? No. No? No. What, what if you like skiing more? If it, you'll just buy skis? Probably. I don't that's know. like, that's okay. That's the, that's honestly the move. That's honestly yeah. the move. Um, but anything that's related to, like, experiences... Mm. Um, if I really want to go to a restaurant, I don't mind spending two hundred dollars on a dinner. Like, yeah, okay, like um, I, that's, I feel like, like I feel that too. I feel that certain too. Certain things, except so if it's not, it doesn't contribute some type of experience, or it enhances my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really like blow money like that. Yeah. Um, like I don't really blow money on clothes. I feel like that's that eats mm-hmm. up a lot of fucking money. <laughs> but okay, okay, but you, okay. So would you say? You like snowboarding because you've you because you skated a lot in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But something about I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm at a point where I'm not super in control. Yeah. There's something about 
you know going too fast and having that acceleration of, yeah like when you're learning how to ride a skateboard right yeah and you're like oh shit a little rock and you don't yeah. know what the fuck to do and you just yeah. fucking eat shit yeah and it's like okay now i'm learning to avoid fucking rocks yeah, yeah so yeah. is that like learning process and the adrenaline you get from just fucking sending it yeah exactly exactly no that's why like um i want to go more often i just like i I just like that the 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 aesthetics of mm. snowboarding is just so cool. I just like I really want to go. I just um I just feel like a lot of my time I would have gone snowboarding. I think I went camping instead. Like okay. like like um I should I could have combined the both, but like I feel like the la- my last couple of years when I was working um just uh the jobs or whatever like i spent a lot of my uh money on like like you can only do like a couple things you know what i mean like you're you have to be picky about what you uh can uh spend your time on you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and like i remember too like i don't know when you're like a first and second year you're going out every night with the boys you know what i mean as well yeah you like you can't you you can't help but like i don't know you just can't help but like spend 20 bucks and like not 20 bucks but like 10 bucks to go get food with like all your like bros mm-hmm. back in the um back in my first or second year and that like that's the thing that's hard to not do is sp- spending money on eating out is the the biggest thing bro it's a sucker yeah it's a sucker because i like i fucking love eating out bro like that's it's just simple yeah it's oh it's my simple and it's, it's so good and like i fucking i always fall into the trap of like um like i just eat out a lot you know mm-hmm. what i mean but it's just like it's it's just not hard it's just like you have to make time to cook, and I feel like yeah. like I was taking a sur- I was actually taking a survey from this from Orasio. Okay. Um, um, about uh, I'm not gonna get too into detail, but um, I was talking. We were just talking about takeout or whatever. Yeah. And um, I was just telling him like, yeah, like I go get takeout like pretty much every day or like every other day, just because like I feel like that's the fastest thing to do mm-hmm. is to go eat out because mm-hmm. like when you cook food that takes time, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I feel like. When I'm wasting time cooking, not wasting time, but like using my time cooking food, I feel like I'm not doing other things that are productive in my sense. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it, it just depends how you value your time and yeah. what, what's a priority for you. Yeah. Um, I feel like if in that same hour of cooking and cleaning and let's yeah. say it takes you three hours, right? Yeah, if in yeah. those same three hours, you can make three times as much money. Yeah. <laughs> As the cost of the takeout, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it don't matter, you know. Yeah, my mom's my mom's gonna like this podcast. Like <laughs> it don't it doesn't matter, bro. Yeah. Like if you're making enough money to like maintain your lifestyle, it doesn't matter. Yeah, as long as you're not breaking the bank mm-hmm. to be able to afford it, like you're chill. Yeah, okay, okay. But for me, it's like I have the time to cook. I have yeah, the time to like clean okay, and do yeah, other yeah, stuff, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what time do you wake up in the morning? Between five thirty and six thirty in the morning. Every morning. Every morning. Yeah. How how long have you been doing that for? Um, I started when I was living in Newport, um, that was last year, like January, no, it was around October of 2019, ap- October 19. You were eating an apple a day? I was eating hella fruit, I was making- I saw your, you had a bag of apples every time I would yeah. go over there to the Newport place. I Dude, I was, I was focusing on eating healthy and mm-hmm. cooking more and it, it just became part of my like routine and then you figure out more ways of or like more efficient ways of doing things mm-hmm. and so um, you can meal prep but if you meal prep for a whole week mm-hmm. food fucking start, starts eating just dis- like literally disgusting mm-hmm. you don't even want to eat it yeah so you're like okay let me meal prep every two or three days right yeah. and so you're meal prepping enough for maybe dinners or lunches mm-hmm. and you you pack up you like literally i take a little lunch back to when i go 
sol- solar. Mm-hmm. Um, and in between appointments, I'm eating and you know, just make the time if, if you have. Dang, it. that's so nice. That's it's, nice. It's just chill. That's yeah, nice. I mean, I don't have any like real commitments for me. Mm-hmm. It's the commitments that I give myself when I yeah. make appointments with people and to try to sell them. Oh no, yeah, because all your shit is self driven out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, that's crazy. That's crazy. I don't want to do something I don't have to. <laughs> would you um, would you would you ever do anything other than uh, would you were you ever interested in selling anything other than like solar? Were there yeah. other markets you were like thinking about? Um, other industries, um, I like to get into financial services, mm-hmm. primarily because I want to service my own finances. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you could become licensed on life, insur- life insurance, you can become licensed on how to trade securities, mm-hmm. how to open up mutual funds, how to manage them. Yeah. And so, primarily for my own stuff, but it would be cool be- to be able to offer those services to other people because I'm currently in an industry that... It's taking a big chunk of the energy pie, the mm-hmm. energy sector. And so a lot of people, 19, 18, 20, 21 years old, they're making a lot of fucking money. They don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so my pivot would be to get into the financial services industry so I can cater to my former colleagues mm-hmm. and get them to invest with me and get their life insurance with mm-hmm. me. Exactly. Um, so financial services would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I just really become an investor buy properties and not really have to like work work just manage my portfolio and grow it over time that's the main goal at the end of the day yeah is to have your own portfolio you, you can just chill for the rest of your life yeah bro like imagine you're on vacation like i saw this tiktok um uh-huh. and there was this guy when you think you're a million you're like doing well in life mm-hmm um, because you have 10 real estate properties, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he sh- goes around the circle, and he was like, oh, I'm worth $300 million, and I have 66 properties. Or I'm worth $1.2 billion, and I'm worth 100-plus properties. And so he, in his mind, this guy that made the TikTok was like, dude, I'm doing amazing. I have 10 properties. I'm worth like a few million dollars. Mm-hmm. And then he met all these other guys who were like just way above him. But like... They're all just kicking it <laughs> in Cancun, fucking drinking, like talking about business, you know? Because that, their properties fucking mm-hmm. take care of their lifestyles. Okay, okay. So, no more working, just. Damn. Was the family gonna come in? Do you still do you want to have a family? Yeah, I. I would you have kids? Would you have kids? Would. I don't know, bro. If, if I have the right partner, yeah, I probably would have kids. Really. Um, if we have similar mindsets and. Mm-hmm. I think like we could As, raise proper kids like have you ever thought about that though have you thought about like whether or not you wanted to have uh kids or like yeah no of course dude i love babies dude like when i hang out with kids like family or friends um i freaking love babies bro it's it's i don't know fucking cute as shit yeah (laughs) and super curious Mm -hmm. like i don't know babies are fucking cute obviously i would want some but it just depends if i have the right person to raise them with mm-hmm. if not i mean you could always do some like in vitro shade and mm-hmm. be a single dad like that'd be down i'll be down for that you're down for that but it's just i don't know we'll find out later if i really want him yeah i feel yeah. that what, what, what would your what would be your ideal amount hmm would you want That's a girl a or question. boy i would say ideal amount yeah maybe like three or four do you have you have two sisters right no, I have an older brother and a sister. Older brother or a sister. Yeah. Are you close with them? Yeah, I'm pretty close with them. How often do you see them? 
my brother maybe a couple times a month mm-hmm. my sister she's currently finishing up at UCLA so she's hella busy because mm-hmm. um, she also works so maybe I see her like once a month do you guys every other month did you all all three of you come over at the same time right yeah in 2012 in 2012 okay okay mm-hmm. wait so can you t- I don't even know about that really like can you tell me about that yeah what part just like you moving over here like what how, how you came over here and all that I feel yeah. like so, when I was, let me see, four years old, maybe five, mm-hmm. um, my sister was maybe like two or three. Yeah. My mom came to the U.S. to pursue her like college degree and basically get her life together, right? Because mm-hmm. she had us very young. Mm-hmm. She had my older brother at 16. Mm-hmm. She had me at 17. And she had my sister at 19. Mm-hmm. And so, she wanted to come by here and go to college, figure uh-huh. out her life, right? In the meantime, my grandma was going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. And so I was raised, basically raised by my grandma. Mm-hmm. And then my mom found um, a husband here. Mm-hmm. He was born in the U.S., but he grew up in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And so when they got married, she became a resident. Mm-hmm. Maybe like three, three years later or something like mm-hmm. that. And then she petitioned for her kids to come here, which is us. Mm-hmm. And then seven years later, in 2012, so from 2004 mm-hmm. to 2012, I think it's seven or eight years later, mm-hmm. the U.S. Embassy replied. <laughs> They're like, okay, yeah, you guys made all the criteria. I mean, obviously, there was a bunch of steps in between, uh-huh. but they said, you guys made the criteria, you guys are, or we grant the mm-hmm. green card, you have to leave by this date, January 31st, 2012. Uh-huh. 2012. And um, we're like, okay, we booked the plane, we came here, and that was it. <laughs> and how old were you? I was 16. You were 16. My brother was 17. My sister was 14 or 15. Were you, like, hyped to come here? Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell were, yeah. Were you, were, you sk- were you skating to Hella in uh, Columbia? Yeah. Uh, Is that, skating. like, big down there? Yeah, but we don't have any skate parks. So everything's street skating. Like. But everyone gets hella good, huh? Yeah. Like, People are... Like, insane? Mm-hmm. Like, you're pretty... Like, okay, okay. Like, how... What, relative to, like... Like... Like, what's the, probably the best trick you can do? Uh, tray flip, hard flip. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. So, you, how, were you skating since, like, six years old or something? No, 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 dude. I started in seventh grade. Um, that was 2007, was, so I was, like, 12. Was Colombian skate culture the same as, like, American skate culture? Like, very, like, um... Like, isn't that... Trashy cra- or yeah, what? like, very, like, like, rebellious and, like, coming of age and, like... That's the always things that, like, appeal to me about skate culture is just, like, it's very, like... It feels very, like, uh... Like, you know, you feel you, you've gone through that phase in life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I feel like if you relate with skate culture, you really related to that, like, specific time in your life where you're like, I'm feeling, like, against the system. Like, mm-hmm. fuck the system. Like, I don't like this bullshit. You know okay. what I mean? Like, I'm, like, or against... Like punk? Yeah. Kind of like punk, but, like, skate... Like, um, I really think that, like, um, ever since Supreme, mm. like, really, like, they, like, defined, like, the whole... Not defined, but, like when they became big that really like set the precedent of like the skate culture being like a skate culture you know mm-hmm, what i mean mm-hmm. like it felt like a very felt like a very underground thing but now like when you talk about like people wearing street clothes people are like oh like 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 type yeah like of course like skate pants or like skateboard oh, yeah. companies and stuff like that like palace and like supreme and like like um all these other companies are like huge now and they're they're based off skateboarding you uh-huh, know what i mean uh-huh. bronze and like polar too like like those are like low key companies. Like those are low key companies. Now they can sell shirts for like thirty five bucks. You know what I mean? Like is it? But so is, was it the same down there? 
Um, yeah, I would say so, but obviously not the same brand. Um, huge. They have their own brands. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Like, like lower, like the cheaper brands. If you oh, okay, okay, okay. Like I don't know how people feel about DC here. Yeah. But I as feel far like it's like alright. Yeah. It's not like the greatest thing here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, over there, it's like, oh my god, DC, it's American. It's like yeah. the shit. Like, it's uh, amazing, you know? That makes sense, that makes sense, um, that makes sense. Oh, that's interesting. I never yeah. thought about it that way. So, in a sense, yeah, but like, you have different kinds of ex- skaters over there. Like, mm-hmm. you have people who are like very into like hip hop culture and rap. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have people that wear, wear skinny jeans and skate well, with skinny jeans. Is there any- so, like, there's like com- completely different subcultures within skating. That's what's uh, sick about skating. Yeah. That's what's cool about it. Like, I feel like it's it's um, it's one of those uh, cultures that's very like like it's it's like it's it's cool because it's a niche. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like um, I don't know. I was like growing up. I feel like I was in like super like I don't know. Like I was kind of edgy, but not like super like rebellious or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you, I felt I felt like I really like kind of growing up. Like I really liked like. The skate clothes like even though i didn't really skate that much like mm-hmm. i felt like i like related to like the, the style the yeah. vibe and the yeah. style you know what i mean it's just like like dang you're go- like you're kind of going through stuff and like did you do you like like yeah that's that's what i think is so funny about it like looking back on all that like how i used to dress and stuff like that i used to wear like a beanie and stuff like that oh gotcha. just like super yeah like super edgy like not edgy but like super like like i was trying to be like skate but like i wasn't actually skate you know what i mean <laughs> like you get me you get yeah. me like like I was missing the I was miss I was missing it then like, but like that's like it's just that's I always thought it was cool you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like in in that sense, um, well, to answer your question, yes, like it is a bit of a rebellious stage mm-hmm. uh, for people in Colombia, but it's it's really about the 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 style and the culture that comes attached to it mm-hmm. that it helps you find some some form of identity yeah uh, yeah and yeah. so you're like oh yeah i identify now like i'm a skater I'm yeah like, this yeah is me. this yeah, is who i am yeah and so it's, and there's it's other people cool. like that yeah, yeah, yeah they may not necessarily you know have the same parameters or oh. dress the same way that you do uh-huh. or like the same colors that you do because uh-huh. i've met some people who were like super punk yeah. like and who, who skated yeah like super punk you know like yeah, yeah, they were yeah. bald and like yeah they were fucking wear skinny jeans and like denim jackets and shit but they can hit a tray flip yeah yeah <laughs> you're like fuck they can fuck you up playing skate <laughs> yeah damn um and then now it's more of like the chill like mm-hmm. guy like or the, like I, I was probably very influenced by like hip-hop in spanish and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah so I, I had more like that style with like tank tops and shit yeah uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I see when you skate you wear the tank top yeah. that's um no, that's what's cool about skating. Were you inspired by, like, any... Not inspired, but, like, when you came over here and um, you were skating over here, like, with, like, the skate parks and stuff like that, was it, like, you were, like, holy fuck, like, this, crazy. Is, they were, like, this is amazing? Yeah. I mean, I remember I had a friend in Colombia mm-hmm. who used to skate with us, and he used to travel to the U.S. probably, like, three months out of the year. He was here for the summertime. Really? And he would go to skate camps, and then he was a fucking beast, bro. Like he could do laser flips, tray flips before anybody could like figure it out over there. And like you could just tell that he leveled up every time he would come here. He would just level up. Damn. And so when you when I when I came here, I was sixteen. I would literally go to community college classes. I was taking ESL mm-hmm. from eight a.m. till noon. That was it. I was just taking English classes. Yeah. And then the skipper opened at noon. Mm-hmm. And so I would eat, shout out to the skipper at 1. I would be there from 1 to 7 p.m. skating every day. And that was every your workout. Day. That was your workout, every too. Every day because my mom would pick us up 
in the evening and we just skate all day, bro. And that you that was damn. That sounds like you're living damn living life, bro. For like six months, it was amazing, bro. Damn, that sounds. Oh my gosh! And And was that in um people here, kids, dude, eleven year olds? Yeah, they were fucking doing crazy. This is in L.A. too, right? Uh, yeah, in Culver City. Yeah, Culver City. And literally eleven year olds were fucking popping tray flips off of like the seven star flights, and you're like, what the fuck? You can barely play like flat, you know? That's like that sounds like such a vibe. So like that you, so like you moved here to America, uh, like you were sixteen. That's when you were going to the skate parks and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And then did you graduate high school here? No, I did high school in Columbia. Yeah, high school in Columbia. I graduated early. Yeah. And then you're then you just did. When did you start going to college? Right away. Like right away. In February, I came. I got here from March. I mean January thirty first of two thousand twelve. Uh huh. And then I started school February eighth. And then two thousand twelve. How old are you? You're twenty four now. I'm 25. You're 25 now. And then you were in community college for... For a while. For a while. I was there until... I transferred here in fall 2016. Were you just like... Were you just hopping around with stuff? No. I did two years of English. Mm-hmm. Or ESL. Mm-hmm. And then I did two years of prep work. So I was there for four years. Uh-huh. From 2012 to 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, transferred here. And then I transferred as chemical engineering. And then I hated it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I fucking hated it. And... So wait, you were at UCI for four years? No, no, no. I came to UCI. I transferred as a junior. Uh-huh. I did one year of chemical engineering. Uh-huh. And then I switched to ESS. And then uh-huh. I did two years uh-huh. of ESS. So you're here at UCI for three years. Three years yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. Wait, so then... Um, oh, wait, that makes sense. Because you graduated two years ago, huh? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dang, that's such a... Because lo- I remember, like... Bro, we would we would have... When you... When we were in the chapter together, we mm-hmm. would, like... That doesn't seem that long ago to me, honestly. No, because it's hasn't not. Been. It's now been that it's long. It's really not even two years. No, yet. but like I feel like some of the, but my fondest moments, like where you were there, bro. Like some of the funniest moments I, I like my entire life. You were like, you were just somehow there and like vibing with all of us. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. Definitely really good times. Um, obviously for you, it's it's a big contrast because you're still in college and you're going through yeah. a pandemic. Like, yeah. Life just completely one eighty for you. Yeah. And so, probably you cherish those moments a lot more because you were actually to experience them yeah. versus the guys that are coming in brand new. Yeah. And they're, you know, experiencing a fraternity yeah. <laughs> virtually. Virtually, like, yeah, I know. Oh, it's, it's crazy. But, like, uh, that, I think that speaks to, like, I don't know, just, like, I think the all those things that, like, you know, um, like, all the experiences, you just, like, all the good times we've had together and stuff like that. I really, like, I really appreciated that a lot you know what mm. I mean I still do I saw like I'm still going through like the moments and stuff like that yeah but it's just like it's just super nice knowing that like um there's always just been a very constant support system mm-hmm. in my life because like um I don't know it's uh, you go through a lot in college if yeah. you like like I've been through like like there's just a lot of up and downs you know what I mean mm-hmm. like you go through like I mean like just like on like not a daily basis but like just like school in general is an mm-hmm. up and down like like experience it's like your roller coaster bro yeah like 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 figuring out your major figuring out like what you want to do like it like it, it took me a little bit to like like narrow down that like okay like one day i do want to be a teacher you know mm-hmm. what i mean and mm-hmm. like like it takes it like it takes a moment like yeah. and like things change i was talking with travis about this in the last episode like the things you want change a lot you know what i mean over yeah. time and so like like i maybe like like you change i'll change my mind about what i want to do but like you know um, okay. It's just nice knowing that like you got homies that like you're like yo bro like I went through this I'm going through the same shit right now yeah. like like I got you and like 
That's just always been nice. It's always been nice. Yeah, bro. At the end of the day, it's your journey, and nobody mm. can tell you what to do. Like you can yeah. whatever makes you happy, focus on that and pursue it. Because unless if you're not happy, you're gonna fucking hate life, and yeah. it's gonna lead to depression mm-hmm. um, or anxiety around what you should be doing with your future. Exactly. Um, but I've I've changed routes, if you will, uh, or paths a lot of times. Just be- like. <clears throat> Just cause? Cause my, my passions changed. Like when I was in high school, I was all about like playing guitar and I wanted to be a music major. And I was like <laughs> super into like playing guitar, bro. Like hella. <laughs> like is that how? We- <laughs> and then, and then I, th- I remember around tenth grade or something like that, I started taking OCHEM mm-hmm. and like physics and like harder sciences. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, I really like science. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, that's what got me into like thinking I would like engineering. Yeah. And I was wrong. <laughs> you were com- That's what I... Okay. And like, then I just took one elective that was ESS, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then the, I just finished that degree. And now you're chilling. And like- then... No, and then I, I got into sales yeah. <laughs> at some point. When I was in college, I did an internship. Uh-huh. And I was like, dude, sales is fucking cool. So now I pursued sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solar, which is kind of environmental mm-hmm. related. Um, but I've changed paths hell of times, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like at yeah. some point, I was considering I wanted to become a lawyer and do, like, patent law. And shit like that, and I was like, Patent law, why? Because yeah. you can make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a specific one you were looking into, yeah. I was because, okay, like when I was, um, I remember in eighth grade, so one of my one of my friends was telling me, he's like, he's like, oh, like I know what I want to do in college, I want to be a chemical engineer, like mm. I'm gonna do that, make a shit ton of money, and like chill for the rest of my life because chemical engineers make a lot of money, right. And so I, I don't know why I cling into I cling to that specific mindset as an eighth grader till mm-hmm. like I was because like when kind of in high school I was thinking in my head like okay if I'm gonna be an engineer I'm gonna be a chemical engineer because they make bank I did not like chemistry at all but I in my head I was still like I'm gonna be a chemical engineer right mm-hmm. and then I took AP Chem in high school and I just like that was one of the one class I almost like failed because like I was just horrible at chemistry like didn't like not even good like not even good like i was like i was failing everything like it was just like not a good subject for me i just like just it just didn't click it just doesn't click in my mind and so like i was kind of like shit like all right i'm gonna have to like fucking pass this class but i'm still gonna be a chemical engineer and i took a college level chemistry chemistry class here like the 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 chem 1a engineering 1a which is like equivalent to chem 1a chem 1b a little bit like Mm-hmm. like the first half of like basic chemistry right mm-hmm. and like i like i got like i barely got a b minus in that mm-hmm. like you know what i mean and like i was like okay like that slapped me in the face i was like all right dude you cannot be a chemical engineer like this is not your passion like this yeah. is not like even though it's gonna make you money like um like you gotta you gotta choose something else that will like be more fruitful for you you know what yeah I mean? and at the end of the day if, if you choose what you like and what you're passionate about you will eventually find a way to monetize it Exactly. That's what my like, mom says. That's what my mom says. You could potentially like if you're into teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Look at the guy that did Khan Academy, bro. Like, yeah. Oh completely yeah. Completely outside the box, bro. Like mm-hmm. he's passionate about teaching and providing education to people, mm-hmm. and he came up with this great platform, and he's probably loaded. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's a foundation, he's probably making good money. Yeah. Working for the foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can always monetize your passions. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and like. That's why I like I like the I always want to bring this on the podcast with the Pokemon cards. Yeah. Because um they just I don't know, like 
even though they're like kind of like they're collectibles at the end of the day like it's something like you know um you like you've looked into and like you mm-hmm. kind of understand like it's like a passion like a hobby yeah. you know what i mean and even though it's kind of like like it's like it's pokemon cards at the end of the yeah. day it's like like if you know a way to monetize it then like but people give value yeah put value into yeah it. yeah people exactly exactly something right exactly like, art. like what's to say art is worth anything. that's that's what my friend always calls it he says he enjoys it because of the artwork it's and it's yeah. art at the end of the day it's art like, at the end of the day art in general like it could be a random ass piece it could mm. be like two lines yeah and then from some people it's like oh my god this is so profound yeah it's worth two million dollars yeah exactly but what's to say that's worth like two bucks versus two million you know? exactly exactly and so same thing with pokemon cards people put some type of value into yeah. it yeah and so it's to me that blows my mind bro yeah that you were mentioning some cards could be hundreds of if not thousands of dollars no yeah the most expensive card i think i talked about this already um in another podcast <laughs> but um the most expensive card uh it was like this exclusive pikachu card right and um someone sold uh traded it for nine hundred thousand dollars worth of things so it was like 11 charizard cards and a tesla Damn. He traded nine hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff for the one Pikachu card. See, that's what I'm saying, yeah. bro. It's ridiculous. That's ridiculous, and right? And you're passionate about it, and you know how to navigate that world. Yeah. Send Did it. you? Know, you have you? Okay, so the, the, this is what's crazy too. So it's mm-hmm. like blowing up because of like you know Jake Paul or Logan mm-hmm. Paul. Um, he bought um three hundred thousand dollars worth of uh the base set booster box, which is like the uh um, the original set. The original set. The original set, right? And so, um, holy! Fuck. So he he spent like three hundred thousand dollars on that, and then he sold each of the packs individually, and they're hard to get. the The packs individually are really hard to get. He's selling each one of them for um, what's it called? For uh, thirty three thousand dollars each. So and it's eleven per. It's thirty six packs per booster box. He bought seven booster boxes. Seven times thirty six. Yeah. Times thirty three thousand. Yeah. Holy fuck! Yeah, and so but he opened one of them right, and the one he opened. Um, are you look it up right now? No, I'm just uh, gonna do seven times thirty six. No. You should look it up later. Though, times thirty three thousand. Dude, that's millions. Yeah, he made a million dollars. So he, but he opened one of the booster boxes. Uh huh. Um, because inside is potentially like, if you open a Charizard card and it's like perfect condition, like that's worth like um, like three hundred thousand dollars on its own. <sighs> Yeah, on its own. It's ridiculous. On its own, like I think, like here, let me, I can look it up. See, right let's now. probably just opening it up to see if you get lucky or what. Yeah, like shadowless. Because if you open, it's like it's gambling at the end of the day. Three hundred thousand dollars. If you open a card like that, right, and since it's, it's they're still in the back, sealed, like never opened before. They're probably going to be in mint condition. This is a 9.5 mint, mint con, gem mint condition. 270000 yeah. $300,000. Damn. Yeah. And like one person's bought it before. It's been sold before. What? So the, Who drops that kind of money on... Yeah. That's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Well, like, probably... They, they see the value in it. Somebody, somebody out there mm-hmm. understands. So, like, it can go up for that much. But people... It, it, the cards can vary, like, hold on. I think we're going to do... This is the point we have, why we have a computer here, so I can look up things right here. Um, the most expensive Pokemon cards. 
I swear, I'm a, I feel like every podcast I'm going to bring up Pokemon cards, but, like, this is my podcast. <laughs> I can bring it up whatever. Yeah. Um, Most expensive? This right here. Oh, first edition. Shadowless charges are $360,000. Yeah. Why is it so expensive? Is it, are they super rare? Okay, okay. I'll, I'll let me tell you right now. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> first of all, this... Um, Chart is it, first of all, it's because it's the first edition. So mm-hmm. like these are like the first cards that ever came out. Like they're okay. like um, the OG OG. The OG OG. Like like these are the first printed editions of the cards that were sold. Um, <clears throat> and specifically, it's just like there's just not many of them in, in circulation. Mm-hmm. And I think this is it's just artwork at the end of the day. You know yeah. what I mean? People want to be like, oh, I have the car- rare, the yeah. rarest card. You know what I mean? It's just like. It's kind of platonic value at the end of the day, but people are willing to put money into that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they only can flex with their own circle of people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, like, who else would know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like artwork, though. Yeah, it's like, it's no, like, but, like, if somebody... If he was to felt like tell that to somebody who has no idea about Pokemon, he's like, yeah. look, I have this card. He's yeah. gonna be like, cool, bro. Yeah. But, like, if he shows that to people that know, they're yeah. like, holy fuck, dude. Yeah, like, that's like showing someone, like, a Picasso, and they don't know who Picasso is, yeah. you know what I mean? It's the same thing. Like, I have a one-of-one Picasso. It's like, who? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, like, that's probably a $3 million <laughs> painting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, like, that one out of one. And, like, that's why I think it's, like, funny about, like, this all this stuff. It's just, like, like, and it's just going to go up. You know what's crazy about <laughs> yeah. this whole thing is that now they're also getting digitized. Yeah, yeah. NFTs. Yeah. Oh, my, that's. I was about to bring that up. The it's NFTs. Like crazy. The, yeah. So what NF, NFTs are? Um, basically, um, imagine that you had the highest resolution picture. I'm. I'm explaining for this mm-hmm. for everyone. Imagine you had the highest resolution picture ever for a painting. You know what I mean? And um, you only have that because you have um, a secret passcode that gives you access to the highest resolution. Um, mm-hmm. painting or whatever you know what I mean or the specific artwork it can be a 3D p- piece of artwork but like you have the files because it's like you have the secret passcode for it that's the like token. yeah you have the token and so um, people are selling artwork now through uh, kind of the chain like the not, blockchain t- yeah through the blockchain through the blockchain basically like being like you can buy my art and you can have the secret key to like owning that piece of art mm-hmm. you're, you're the true owner of that technically even though it's on the internet you know mm-hmm. what I mean instead of a painting it's on the internet well, there's this company called Dappable Labs. Yeah. They do Crypto Kitties, I think it's called. And, what is that? Um, it's like a little video game. Um, uh-huh. And they're literally cats. Yeah. And you can change change my... I guess they have skins or something. I'm not really sure, but mm-hmm. it's some type of NFT. Mm-hmm. And they've been trying to get into partnerships with um, sports associations yeah and they finally after i don't know how many years of negotiation were able to convince the nba that they could actually do nfts with um oh like the cards nba cards yeah Yeah. and so they're actually promoted by dappable labs or developed by dappable labs but they're nba branded so they're original pieces of content and same thing like somebody can own a piece they release packs. Mm-hmm. They do pack drops, and then in the in the pack you can have five or six cards. One could be rare, the others could be common. Yeah. Um, and then you can go out there and sell them in the marketplace. And so now, essentially, we're doing today with physical Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. You could do with 
the, NBA I mean, Top Shot like the, the, player cards. Those player cards are and like even the the cards and the real actual card mm-hmm. stocks are actually worth a lot too. Right. And but it's just converting it. It's just yeah. Yeah. It's and, just different ways of like art really honestly mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's just crazy that everything is relying on on blockchain no yeah and that's that's kind of the future mm-hmm. but like um yeah it's that's honestly like it's really interesting and like i have i have one friend me and him text all the time about like and like all this crypto stuff because like it really is like it's it's fun it's fun it's yeah. fun at the end of the day and i enjoy i enjoy looking into it and like i think that's just like like if you're into it you're into it you know what i mean yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's um, a great vehicle to mm-hmm. store your money, if you will, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, like gold, like gold. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can just exchange from USD to whatever crypto you want mm-hmm. with the understanding that it's going to grow at some point and it's going to go up because you have that trust in the technology or, or whatever the technology could enable. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's just fucking crazy that you know, within a week, something, a coin like Bitcoin mm-hmm. could go from, like, the mid-30s into, like, almost 50, I think, is the highest peak that it received, or 50, if it, 55, if it's, if 57, 56, I think. 56, 57? Yeah. Okay, and so, within a couple of weeks, you just skyrocketed yeah. it. Yeah, this, that's crazy, right? It's crazy. That's crazy, right? And so, I mean, they said that it took Bitcoin 12 years to reach a, a trillion-dollar market cap. Yeah. And it took Microsoft 42. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon, like, 20. And Apple, like, 22 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, cre- like, boom, crypto is not yeah. a thing. And now everybody's considering it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's definitely the future. Um, definitely a good way to put some money aside. I, w- I wouldn't say put all your money on it. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you it's never a, know. Like, it's an it's a, it's a investment at the end yeah, of the day. It's, yeah. yeah. It's a risk reward. Yeah. And so. You're trying to predict the future of that. Yeah. I yeah. Mean. But it, that blows my mind, bro. You're able to put basically, you can trade Pokemon cards online. Yeah. And like, I'm sure if Pokemon, like, whoever is the company that owns rights to Pokemon. Yeah. They start developing NFTs. Yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. And it's gonna, no, I think I think I got to make sure I hop on the ASAP <laughs> if that happens. Do Okay, okay. I'm looking at your book over here. What's the best what's the best book you've ever read? Best book of ever ever. Like like, like like is there like one specific like like nine psychology book like self-help book, self-motivation mm-hmm. book? Or, like, even, like, if it's a fiction story, I guess you can say that, too. But, like, is there one book you just, like, really, like, like, mm-hmm. just really, like, it spoke to you more than any other? I think because of its um, applicability, uh-huh. uh, how much I could use what I learned in that book, mm-hmm. um, based on that metric, I would say How to Win Friends and Influence People. Really? Okay, okay. That book, it's amazing. Like, there's, it's an art to deal with people. Mm-hmm. Like human beings were complex, mm-hmm. were super oh, layered, yeah, yeah. And so the fact that you can learn how to win people over or win friends, and mm-hmm. like also influence them, mm-hmm. so that they can do the things you want them to do, or they can help you in the ways you want them to help. Like what? Or, what, what is there a section that like you were like, I really like that part of the section. Uh, for for me personally, yeah, it's um, understanding that people's problems are their number one problem, and. <laughs> That they care more about what they're going through than whatever you're going through. Yeah. And so when you're able to 
have enough empathy to place yourself in their shoes mm-hmm. and truly understand their situation, mm-hmm. um, they you gain a lot of respect. Like, yeah. I'm in sales, so for me, it's like it's so applicable mm-hmm. because I'm trying to, for example, knock on someone's door yeah. and convince them to sign up for $50,000 financing for solar. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it's going to be better for them long term and it's going to be better for the environment. Mm-hmm. And so I need to be able to, in a, in a very skillfully way, win them over mm-hmm. so that they, I can earn their trust. Yeah. And um, influence them to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the day, though, you actually like, like, you're actually like trying to legitimately help him out. Well, yeah, that's the thing that he actually touches on the book. Yeah. That a lot of people would say, "Oh, you're manipulating people. Yeah. Like, you're basically using psychology to yeah. get your way with people." But you don't come from a place of like, "Oh, I'm trying to screw this person yeah. over." I come from a place, "Hey, I know that this is really good for you, and you should do it." Yeah. People aren't just um, trusting enough. Because, you know, there's cameras out there, there's yeah. a bunch of fraud going on, identity yeah. theft. And so, you know, understandably, if you're disrupting somebody's day and you're yeah. knocking their door, they're, they're going to be all sketch out. Like, who are you? Like, what do you mean you need my social support, my credit? Wait, what credit? Like, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so they naturally are going to have a huge guard. Like, their guard uh, is going to be way up. Mm-hmm. And I need to be able to break that guard down because I know that this mm-hmm. is good for them. Yeah. Um, and ultimately for the environment. Yeah. And so I think that's why I like about that, that specific section of the book. It's just like, like yeah, it has to come from a place of genuineness. Like, there's a mm-hmm. clear separation between, like, people who act fraudulent mm-hmm. about those things and people who actually genuinely want to be empathetic towards you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I feel like to, like, it kind of touches that, like, in order to, like, for people to be, like, like, understanding and empathetic towards you, you have to, like, be that way towards them. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not like, it's not like you have, to, like, like, people see through that bullshit at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, of course. And, like, that's what kind of, like, like, that's kind of, like, what I really like about it. Like, that books in particular, even though it's kind of, like, like, um, it's saying, like, you know, you got to do all this and that to, like, influence people or bring people over. By the end of the day, you got to, like actually like want to do those things in order yeah. to do it because it's not easy yeah it's not easy because i mean a big a big reason why like i've been progressing on my sales game is because i got out of basically removed myself from the situation mm-hmm. i'm no longer doing solar because there's a commission involved or because like i'm gonna put another deal on the board and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing solar because i know that this is a really good product that's gonna help them mm-hmm. save a lot of money and so for me, it's like, how do I win this person over? How do I get them to trust me yeah. as quickly as possible mm-hmm. um, in in a very elegant way? Because they're not going to feel like I'm actually faking it. It yeah. actually comes from a place of genuineness. Like, yeah. I genuinely care about them. I genuinely want to meet them and be their friend. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for example, yesterday, I knocked on this guy's door at maybe like 7 p.m., 7.30 p.m. And um, he gave me all the reasons why solar doesn't make sense. It's not feasible, et cetera, et cetera. And... I said maybe like two, three sentences. He like it flipped the script on him and he was like, oh, wow. Like I never like looked into this type of solar. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, come on in. It's, it's cold. Mm-hmm. Brought me inside and we sat down. In 30 minutes, I would put a proposal for him. Bill report. He loves NASCAR. You know, uh, his name is uh, John and he's just all about racing and like uh, outdoors, like dirt biking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I generally feel like 
he, he we basically parted as friends. Yeah. Um, I in thirty minutes got him to sign up for forty three thousand dollars of financing, mm-hmm. and then he was like, "Dude, I'm gonna refer you to my my neighbor and all this other stuff," and I never felt like, "Hey, like I'm I'm, I'm taking advantage of you." Mm-hmm. I I'm, I never will feel like that that way because yeah. I enjoy my sleep and I like to yeah. sleep at night. Yeah, yeah, and that's so good. That's good. That's it's good. Just that's super good. crazy that after I read that book, like my sales came skyrocketed, bro. Mm. And it's not a lot only applicable for my work line of work, but in anything, dude. No, oh, yeah. Humans are everywhere, bro. Oh yeah, and we're exactly. in everything. So exactly, exactly. If you want to be able to lead a team. Like, you need to understand how people mm-hmm. like to be lit. No, yeah. So you can influence them, no. et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. I think, like, <clears throat> that's something I've really had, um, like, a lot of personal experience learning from. You know what I mean? Just, like, you know, um, people are not, like, you know, your slaves at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're people, too. And so, like, you got to understand that, like, you know, they have things that they want to do. Or, like, they, like, they have their own humanly desires to are like there's they're they're on their own people at the end of the mm-hmm. day and so like you got to understand that and you can't like abuse that because people will like people will be like no f- like no get out of here like i yeah. ain't gonna try to like i ain't trying to mess with you like that because like um you're not you're not giving out the um you're not acting genuine you know what Correct. i mean it can only you can only act phony for so long you know what yeah. i mean and like the really good peeps some people are really good at but knowing whether or not you're genuine mm-hmm. you know what i mean and like that's the big thing too. Is like I also like the name part. You got to remember everyone's name. Yeah, I really, t- I really that took that. Yeah, I really took that to heart too. Yeah, people's name is their their suitors sound to them. Yeah, or something like that. It's like well, like that's so. I've, it's I've, so cool, bro. I've noticed that too. That like when you remember someone's name, they it's get like so happy. Yeah, they get happy. They're like they're like oh shit, like you so like special. Yeah, you just gotta listen the first time. You just gotta listen the first time. Yeah, and just repeat it to yourself, like. Mm. Um, there's this guy called Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Uh, which they talk about it in the book, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about how he r- would basically go to the bathroom, write their name down, so he like visibly sees mm-hmm. what it's spelled that, and he basically attaches like some feature of them mm-hmm. with their name, mm-hmm. and so he's like, oh, like Dylan with the piercings on his ears and the glasses. You know. And then like he just repeats that to himself, uh-huh. and then he would never forget a face, uh-huh. and the name that goes with that face. I, so it's super crazy that when you put that into practice, yeah. like we could not see that person for like a yeah. cool minute, yeah, and then boom, their name just comes to mind. Like you oh know, <laughs> I think for me, I don't. I think I don't ever. Ever since it was because uh, Julian, he mm-hmm. said to me, he's like, "Oh, to remember first his name, you just got listen the first time, right?" Mm. And like ever since he told me that, like I don't know what, but I cling, like I cling to the idea. So like, if I hear someone's name, like I just I remember it instantly now That's like cool. like i don't even have to like write it down i have to like do anything like nice. I, rem- I remember most people's names like the first time i see it and just like ha- kind of happened out of nowhere and like but you probably repeat it to yourself after you hear it no i don't really i just i i hear it and i go okay and then like i just i process it and i see i i automatically associate their face with the name okay like, but you're doing that internally maybe maybe yeah. i gotta i gotta think about it next time i'll think about it a little bit more next time because some most of the time i just like i'll hear someone's name and just like I'll remember. I probably remember it. Like when I see their face, like instantaneously know what who That's you cool, are. Bro. Yeah, because yeah. like I like, I feel like I don't know when people remember my name. I feel like so special. I'm like yeah, yeah. I'm like yeah, my name's Dylan. What's up, my boy? Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like because that's like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like that goes back to like um, 
like when you're younger, like your parents call out your name, like you thought, like that's how you identify yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that's your like. It's basically instinctual at that point. It's your, it's your, like I hate to say, like your name's your identity, but like it's like something. It that, is like, part of your identity. It, it's part of your identity at the end of the day, and like when someone recognizes that, like you know, hey, I know you, I like actually genuinely listen to you because I remember your the one thing that like everyone associates you with. It with yeah. yeah, it's like fuck. Like I feel good about myself. Yeah. So like I also like think about it that way. Like. Like, I want to remember their name because, like, like, asking for their name again is, like, it's not bad or whatever, but, like, like when you remember someone's name, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, oh, okay, like, they were... You care enough. You yeah. were, less, you were yeah. listening, and, like, that's what I'm saying. That's what, Names is so important. Names that, are that so one, important. That one's huge for me. Um, mm-hmm. What I've really... He gives you tips also on how to make people feel special based on that. Yeah. He's, like, oh, how do you spell it? Yeah. And then... Yeah, I'll like, ask that oh, too. You care yeah, enough. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, wow, well, you care enough to, like, yeah. know how it's spelled. Yeah. And how I, it's pronounced. I don't want to mispronounce your name. Yes, and yes, yes. People are like, wow, like, right away, you win them too. over. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like, um, because I'm a learning assistant right now for mm-hmm. a philosophy class. And so, like, um, I'm also, like, in, like, there's also another class I'm taking where it's, like, I'm in breakout rooms and, like, you're meeting, like, new people every day. Mm-hmm. And, like, I always, like, like, some, like someone was observing me for my learning assistant when I was, like, teaching, or, like, not teaching, like, helping lead the discussion or whatever. Okay. And they were doing an observation on me, and they told me back in my report, they're like, yeah, you say everyone's name. Like, you respond to them, like, oh, yeah, good job, like, so-and-so. Like, good job, Sebastian. Like That's they, a tip. Like, Kent, in the book. Like, like, Kent, you did a good, like, that was a good response. He's like, you were really good at saying people's names. And I was thinking in my head, like, like oh, like, yeah, because, like, yeah, I want to like I want to make sure they know that I'm talking to them. You know yeah. what I mean? You're... Repeating their name while what in the middle of the conversation helps you remember. As well. Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah. I think I do. I instinctually do that. I instinctually do yeah. that to remind myself. Maybe I do repeat it in my head a couple of times because yeah. I'll be like, I feel yeah. You just say in the middle of conversation. It's like, it's yeah, like so, okay now I know. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like it's so like and then like with the LA observations, it's like or the learning assistant. Like mm-hmm. I found that like you know, um, it's just like. You got you're meeting all these people. You want to like if you pronouncing pronouncing someone's name wrong, like especially in the UCI classes, everyone has like you know a lot of people are foreign exchange students, bro, and like you'll see names that like have like X's and Q's and like like letters that are like all over the place, and like you don't want to mispronounce that because it's mm-hmm. like like if someone says my name like 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 Dill like Delon or like like in a weird way, you feel like like oh like that's not me. Like, yeah. Like, that's not, that's not, I'm Dylan, you know what I mean? Yeah, some people introduce themselves as, like, Rick. Yeah. Instead of Richard or something. Yeah, yeah. You want to make sure that, like... You call them how they want to be called at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Did you have a nickname growing up? Um, yeah, my full name is long. It's Juan Sebastian Rodriguez Vargas. Yeah. So, my, uh, grandma used to call me Juanse. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is my first name and then S-E for Sebastian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then when I moved here... Um, people start calling me Seabass. Mm-hmm. So now I go by Seabass. I like it. <laughs> yeah, Seabass is a cool name. That's why I like that name. I, I, I usually, I usually, I feel like I call you Sebastian Seabass. Yeah. yeah I, I like, uh, I like switching it up. I don't mind either way. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, I feel like, um, I like both actually, Sebastian and Seabass. Sebastian sounds really, f- what like, your, what your, formal. What does your know. mom call you? Juan? No, she calls me little chubby kid. <laughs> Essentially, that's what he translates to. Wait, so okay, okay, but um, so I was a, a fat baby. But everyone calls you Sebastian, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. What back in Colombia too? Um, I feel like a lot of my friends from high school called me Juanse. 
Was it really? Yeah. Okay. And when you came here, were you just like so crazy to think that nobody calls me that anymore? <laughs> <laughs> well, did you come over here? Were you like call me Sebastian or you call me call me Ponce? Oh, people would just call me Sebastian. Oh, really? Yeah. And then somebody started calling me Sebas. Mm-hmm. And then I liked it, so I just started yeah. telling people see us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a cool. That I think that's one of the that's one of the cooler nicknames. That that's cool because um, what's it called? I remember like I thought something funny. Like I remember I was like my orientation for uh, Irvine and like the like the Spoppers or whatever. They're like, all right, if you like you want to be called a nickname, like, and you weren't you want to be called a nickname your whole life, this is your time to like say it to everyone. So they call you that. And I thought that was so funny because like. That is the perfect time to be like, yo, my nickname is blah, blah, blah. Call yeah. me that. And then, like, everyone will call you that for the rest of the <laughs> Like, this is your time. This is your time to, like, show everyone what's up. That's amazing, bro. Yeah, I, I really like Seabus. Um, do you have any nicknames? I think, like, just the D and Dill. And then, like, no, everyone calls me Gallego here. No one, because, uh... There's two Dillons? Yeah, there's two Dillons. Gallego, like, no one called me Gallego um, in high school. No, everyone just called me Dylan. Like, <laughs> but here people call me Gallego a lot. But I think that it's just real easy to roll off the tongue, you know what I mean? There yeah. you go. People always call me that. All right, all right. Uh, we're coming up on an hour. Okay. Uh, uh, that was fast. That was fast. That was fast. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I need some water. That's why um, or yeah. I want to wrap it up right now. Let's wrap it up. Uh, yeah. So um, anything you want to say before you want to sign off? Uh, no, bro. I just want to thank you for, for having me here. Um. And we talked about a lot, a lot. Yeah. I always say that in every episode, but we it, we really went through a lot. Yeah, it was it was nice um, being able to just sit down for an hour and chat. Yeah, um, no, I think it. yeah, I, I think my um, I think people will really like this one because um, we went we talked about a lot of stuff. <laughs> we talked about like making money and stuff. That's why I like it's free flowing. It's free flowing. Like I was telling Travis last week, it's like we can like it. It's just like the homies, you know what yeah. I mean? Like we can talk about literally whatever you want, and like, like people can like listen to whatever they choose to listen to because it's like, and shit. yeah, because yeah. like you can like there's so much stuff, and you like you can send it to your friends and be like, yo, this is what me and my my <laughs> friend talked about. You know what I mean? We talked about like making money and like the future of our plans. You know what I yeah. mean? No, dude. Yeah, honestly, very very thankful that uh, you actually got it up and running. Oh uh, yeah, we were oh. talking about it a little bit earlier. Like uh, I've been thinking about, oh, I, need, I want to start a podcast for like the last year and a half. Yeah. Um, there's never a chart of shortage of ideas out there. There's a shortage of people that actually yeah. act on them and execute them. Mm-hmm. And then you probably woke up one day, you're like, let me do a podcast, and you just sent it. So just, yes, yes. Like, now you gave me the opportunity to come down and record a podcast. So thank you for that. Yeah. No. Yeah. And like, um, that's the thing too. It's just like it's gonna be like I, that's why I'm trying to like do it once a week at least or once mm-hmm. or twice a week just so like i'm starting to get a backlog and like i have a lot of stuff i want to like i have like like when i'm into it i can like i still have a lot of like information and stuff like that just a lot of things i want to say so good That's stuff amazing, bro. good no, stuff good stuff thank good you stuff. sebastian good to you bro uh this was chilling with dylan episode this is episode five yeah this is episode five dang we're on a roll all right all right uh we'll catch you in the next one thank you sebastian thank you peace out